This is the Mathematics Education Podcast from MathEdPodcast.com. Welcome to the Math Ed Podcast. My name is Sam Otten from the University of Missouri, and with me today is Dr. Lori Zack, who's an associate professor in the Department of Mathematics and Computer Science at High Point University, which is in High Point, North Carolina. Lori, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you for having me. We are going to be talking about Lori's recent article published in Primus. They had a special issue on flipped instruction at the college level, and Lori and her co-authors had an article in that issue called Flipping Freshman Mathematics. And I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly, that it's flipping freshman mathematics, not flipping freshman mathematics. <laughs> but before we get to that article, Lori, I want to back up and ask you about your graduate school experience and the topic of your dissertation. I did my graduate studies at North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina, and my dissertation was in the topic of Lie algebras under Dr. Ernest Stitzinger. Oh, great. And so if people aren't very familiar with that, can you give us sort of the elevator version? Sure. Lie algebra is just a extension like a group or a ring or a field, any of those kind of things. It's just a different kind of structure. And my mm-hmm. research focused mainly on some relationships between group theory and Lie algebra and extending some theorems and definitions in the Lie algebra side of things. Oh, great. And it looks like there were a group of you now at High Point University who were interested in the idea of flipping your mathematics courses. And I'm also actually very interested in flipping, uh, flipped instruction. It's really taken off, and I think it's interesting, uh, an interesting concept because it opens the door to do some possible things. But I feel like in the field, both at the secondary and school level as well as at the college level, uh, it's kind of taken off ahead of the research. And so I think it's good to see people like you and the journal Primus trying to catch up and get some actual research done to look at flipped instruction. So I'm just curious what led your group originally to study flipped instruction. So what happened was um, about five years ago, I went to a MAA prep workshop on the Moore Method and IBL learning. And I was really interested in that side of things. And so, so over the course of the last five years, I have gone to some conferences focused on more method style learning and inquiry based learning and the flipping kind of instruction came up in some of those places mm-hmm. and so I started to get interested in that and so I decided that I was interested in seeing what would happen if we tried to do a study here at High Point University so I contacted three of my other colleagues Dr. Graham Squire, Dr. Jenny Fuselier and Dr. Karen O'Hara and asked them if they would want to go in on a grant with me. We have internal grants here at High Point University for various topics, and I asked if they would want to apply for a grant to study flipping mathematics at this entry level, because there is not a lot of research done on it, and so people were saying that things were really good, and but we weren't quite so sure, but we thought that it might work here, and so we wanted to try it out. Mm-hmm. And you focus specifically on freshman level mathematics, but it was a variety of courses at the freshman level, right? Yes, so we each taught two different sections of a class. I taught two sections of business calculus. Someone else taught two sections of Calc 1, and then we had pre-calc and finite math. And each of us taught one section the way we normally would teach it, traditional lecture style, and then we taught one section where we completely flipped the instruction. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, to me this was an interesting design where you have four instructors, but you didn't have the instructors divide by flipped and non-flipped. You actually had each instructor do flipped and do non-flipped in two different sections. So I thought that's an interesting way to do the comparison and to have your whole group of instructors actually experience both types of instruction. Yes. It was a challenge, but also we thought it was the best way to see if really the idea of flipping a class would be beneficial to the students. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm wondering about the experiences of the instructors. So had all the instructors taught primarily in non-flipped or exclusively in non-flipped, and then have they been doing that for a long time? Yes. So none of us had done any sort of flipped instruction previously to this, except I probably am the only one who I have done some IBL and more method teaching. And so I'm probably the only one, I think, of the four of us that have done any of that kind of stuff. And so the rest of us had all just been teaching primarily lecture-based style. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's definitely kind of a, a new experience, or it's going to be some new terrain for basically everybody doing the flip side of things. Yeah. I I am curious, as you were heading on and, and you got the group together to do this endeavor, did you have some predictions, either individually or as a group, about how it might go? You, you mentioned that you've heard other people maybe kind of anecdotally saying that the flipped stuff was working. So did that lead you to hypothesize there would be some learning gains or certain kinds of gains, or were you kind of open to anything you weren't sure what was going to happen? We were open to anything. I think we were all hoping that the flipped method would lead to better learning gains in terms of maybe more student interaction and more student engagement and just overall problem-solving skills. So we felt that by allowing that in-class time to really work on problems and um, engage with the teacher more, that we thought that that would really help in the overall outcome of the, the class. That, I think, is what we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. And to, again, establish some setting, you mentioned in the paper that each of the instructors, when you were doing flipped, you created these videos, and that the videos were the same presentation of content as would have happened, like through a lecture in the non-flipped class. But then you you mentioned that the instructors sort of had their own choice of how to use the class time. So I was wondering, like, what kinds of ways the instructors use that class time in the flipped classes? Sure. So many of us took homework sets that we would have given our students in the traditional class. We worked on that during class time and we worked on maybe extra practice problems. We worked on maybe some more advanced problems. So if students finished early with group work, maybe they would start um, extra practice problems. And some students did a lot of group work in class instead of doing homework. I mean, they spent time doing homework, so maybe they would spend the first 30 minutes doing practicing homework problems, and the last 30 minutes would be spent on group work. Okay. But the majority of us use the time to focus on homework since we were trying to balance the time with each class so that we felt that they were using the same amount of time outside of class in each kind of setting. Okay. And then uh, as you were doing this, you did this throughout the whole semester, I'm assuming? Yes. And were the students substantially different? So I imagine they were somewhat because the business calc usually is kind of a different population than maybe calc one. Yes. Okay. Yes. That, I think, was some of the maybe results that came out of the study or maybe anecdotally kind of how we felt about things in the end. So the business Calc students are definitely a different type of student than the Calc 1 students. And we had, I would say, the most success with the Calc 1 students in terms of their overall feeling about flipped instruction. Our pre-calculus class had the least favorable results 
but we mm -hmm. also think that was partially due to the fact that it was a hundred percent freshmen in the flipped in, in the flipped course that semester, and it was mm -hmm. our, it was fall semester, so it was their first semester of college, and now they're being asked to do something that was really different than they had been used to, and right. we thought that that could have also led to a very negative experience for them. Right. And new for the instructors as well, you know, so it was kind of the first time out of the gate for everybody. Yes. <laughs> so to get more into those findings, so you were looking now at some course grades, you had some exam questions um, that were sort of common across the different sections, and you also looked at attitude, uh, attitude towards mathematics. So I was wondering if you could take us through what you did find at the end of the semester. Uh, so maybe we can start first with like the course grades and the exam performance. Sure. So we found statistically across all four sections that there was no statistical difference in course grades among the flip classes versus traditional classes. And it was pretty clear among all of the flip classes to all of the traditional classes. There was not any sort of difference between the grades. Okay. So it sounds like there was not a statistically significant difference, but even just by inspection, there didn't seem to be much of a difference, Correct. even non-statistically. Okay. Yes. But then uh, what about the attitude? So you gave an attitude survey using the ATMI. What did you find there? Yes, so we, um, the ATMI is an attitude and mathematics inventory survey that we gave to all the classes. And what we found was that there was a statistically significant difference in the feeling of the students in the flipped courses that over the course of the semester, their attitudes towards mathematics tended to decline which was rather alarming and surprising to us. That was kind of the most alarming, maybe, result mm -hmm. of our study, is that we were kind of surprised to see that the students in the flipped course tended to have more negative attitudes toward the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. And how have you kind of processed that finding now that you've been sitting with it and writing about it for a little while? So part of it is that we feel like Having any one method of instruction for a whole semester is a little bit exhausting for students, especially their first semester in college, which the majority of these students are, since these are all freshman level courses. So we felt like, even in our traditional classes, the attitudes did still, they declined as well in, in that class in terms of like burnout over the, the semester. It was just mm -hmm. that it was more in the flipped course than okay. it was in the traditional course. And so mm -hmm. we felt like overall that any method of, of instruction that you're using, if you're using the same method of instruction for the whole semester, that students just tend to just get burnt out by the end of the semester. So mm -hmm. what we kind of felt was that if you mixed up the methods throughout the semester, that that might be a better approach to teaching. Mm -hmm. So that's anecdotally, oh. like we haven't tested right. that, but that's just yeah. a personal opinion. Right, or it's something that you might just be curious about testing in the future or looking to see if somebody else tries something like, like that, more of a combination. Yes, and so I have tried that, and a lot of actually a lot of my other colleagues have tried it too, trying to mix okay. mixed flip now instruction with regular lecture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, so I'm just processing it as well, and I would imagine that a lot of freshmen, when they get to this, you know, college-level mathematics, and it's pretty hard and uh, for some of the, some of these courses math might not be exactly what they want to be spending their time on so I would imagine burnout in general and I would wonder if like the flipped instruction using something that's more inquiry based which it sounds like at least some of you were doing that might be sort of requiring more effort from the students like the students really need to be putting a lot and they need to be actively engaged into it so then that might 
add to being more burned out because more was expected from you along the way, where the traditional type might be a little bit more passive or might be a little bit more kind of like, listen and think about this, do your homework, but you're not being asked to inquire deeply all along the way. Correct. I think that is a very good point because I think that was what we were after, was trying to get students to become more active thinkers. And maybe first semester freshmen were not ready to do that yet. Yeah, and I, I wonder, too, I mean, a lot of it's about the culture of mathematics. And so to me, I'm thinking about flipped instruction in um, maybe middle schools and high schools. And so I wonder if there's some potential, but it needs to sort of be like a culture and it needs to be that the students expect to inquire and expect to actually do that deep work and that that might kind of change the game if they actually start to realize that that's what they need to do in mathematics. Yes, I think that would actually be great if that culture would change. Mm-hmm, sure. I'm speaking with Lori Zack from High Point University, and we're talking about her article in Primus, which is called Flipping Freshman Mathematics. So I'm wondering what has been kind of a key personal takeaway for you. And you mentioned you're still teaching, you're still using some of these ideas, but from this particular study that you did, what's that one thing that stayed with you personally? So I feel like the best kind of method for me now is to blend as much instruction as I can in terms of how I deliver material. So that way I can try to keep the students engaged as long as possible. Um, And I don't know if I'm doing that well now or not, but I am trying to. And so I am trying to maybe implement some flipped method for content that is perhaps on the easier level. So if it's in a business calculus class or even a calculus class, you could deliver like the review material as flipped instruction because they technically should know that, or maybe the basic derivative rules as flipped instruction, but then When you get to harder content like related rates, optimization, that is just better served by being in class with students working on problems. And so I'm trying to find a balance between those two things, which I think is hard, but is also good and good for the students. I think the other kind of key takeaway, I asked some of my other colleagues that worked on the project with me, and they said one of the things they really learned was the perception of the students, how they perceive what's happening in the course to how we kind of perceived it. Hmm. So we really thought that we got to know our students better in the flipped class because we were walking around during class and helping students and talking to them and working with them the whole time. Mm -hmm. But on our survey results in the flipped classroom, the students said that they felt that they had less interaction with us than Mm -hmm. in the traditional class. So the perception of the students actually feeling like you're engaging with them is very different and that has to do with our personal styles of how we lecture but at least it meant that in the way we actually lecture they are feeling like they are engaged with us and interacting with us which Mm -hmm. we found rather surprising Mm -hmm. yeah that is really interesting to think about and probably you know both of those perceptions are true for the instructor it probably is true that you feel more connected to your students because you're able to actually go work with them, see, you know, go step into their group, see what they're working on, engage with them, and you get to personally kind of see them as individuals, you know, working on the mathematics. But then I could also see it as the students, from the student's perspective, if a professor is lecturing, that student feels like I am watching this professor, I my eyes are on them, my mind is with them, so that from the student, they feel like they're really bonding with the professor through that lecture. But from the perspective of the professor, it's a room full of people listening, so you're not really bonding with any one of them individually. Correct. 
And I think in your paper you mentioned something like the students were saying the teacher wasn't teaching or the instructor was not teaching in the flipped version. And that, I think, speaks to the same thing about how they maybe felt a disconnect from the professor, even though the professors are feeling like they're actually getting to see and interact with the students more. Right. Yes. We, that was definitely a main takeaway that we kind of learned from this whole experience. Hmm. Now, if you were to speak to other math departments or other um, people that teach freshman-level mathematics who were thinking about flipping or who maybe are already flipping and are just trying to refine it or they're trying to consider the strengths and limitations of it, what advice or what would you share with those people? So I would say that I do think the best method is to kind of blend things and mix things up as much as possible. So if you are planning on flipping a course, I think it's really beneficial to not have that be the method of instruction every single day, just because the students do get burnt out, because they're constantly being asked to work in groups every day or work with a neighbor, and so they tend to get really tired of that by the end of the semester. So if you're constantly kind of keeping them engaged in a different way that might help the class run a little bit smoother. I would also say we found that we really learned that our students preferred that we created our videos ourselves, mm -hmm. meaning other people had said they had just used videos that they had found online, like from Khan Academy or any of other places. But our, okay. we had asked our students if they would feel the same way about the course had they been delivered videos from someone other than the instructor and it was a very strong opinion from our students that they were very upset about the idea of having to watch videos that were not created by the teacher that was teaching the course. Hmm. So some students felt that it was because they just really wanted to know how I felt about like different problems and how I would approach problems and some students felt that it was about making sure that as a faculty member we were doing our job. So they are paying for their education <laughs> and they want to make sure that they are getting an education from me versus from mm -hmm. someone else. And that's just how they viewed the process. So mm -hmm. it's just something to consider when you are trying to think about flipping a course. Some students might feel differently at different places. I do work at a private institution and so that might be different at a public institution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all interesting stuff to think about. Um, I'm currently interacting with some high school teachers who are flipping, and they've said the same thing about how it's very important that the teacher is the one that makes the video, which I can completely understand it from the perspective of the students and the teacher, but it's, it's also kind of a shame because it takes a lot of time and energy, as I'm sure you know, to make the videos. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, oh, man, it's important, but that is a big time commitment where you could, if you used existing videos, that would free up a lot of time. And it wouldn't just be that the teacher now can take a break. What it means is the teacher could think about what they want to plan for the in-class activity. Like, okay, I'm really going to think through the task that I'm going to give them. I'm going to think through the discussion questions that I'm going to ask when they share out. So the teacher's emphasis could maybe go on to planning that in-class time because they don't have to spend four hours making a video. Correct. I also do think that if you do use other videos, there's also a lot of time prep in that too because just finding the mm -hmm. videos that you think are appropriate you have to watch those videos, make sure that they're delivering exactly the content you want to. So in mm -hmm. one sense, it, it sometimes might be easier to make the video yourself in terms of just, because I, I did spend some time trying to find a certain video for a different class, just like as an extra kind of, here's an extra couple practice problems for you. And it took a lot of time just to find that versus I could have just made a video real quickly now that I have all the technology on my computer 
and I could have then uploaded it just as easily now. So once I think that learning curve is is kind of done for creating the videos, there's still a lot of prep time in creating them, but I think after you've created the videos once, you can modify the course as you go and spend more time thinking about in-class activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really good points. And also, once you're kind of in the groove of making the video, it's sort of a known time commitment. Like, I know that it's going to take me an hour and a half to make this video, and in an hour and a half it'll be done. Right. Where searching for a video, it might take 10 minutes if you get lucky, but it, it also has sort of an unknown endpoint. You might be looking and looking and looking and never finding the one that you want. It could be this kind of like mysterious end. It might be five hours later before you, you know, and then you realize, oh man, I'm, I'm not finding what I thought I was going to find. Yes. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for sharing your experiences about flipping your freshman mathematics courses there. Um, I do have one final question I want to ask you, and that's if you were not in mathematics and if you were not teaching these mathematics courses at the college level, what would you see yourself doing instead? So when I thought about this question, I had a really hard time trying to think about an answer because when I was growing up in elementary school and middle school, whenever they ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up, I always said I wanted to be a math teacher. So hmm. I am actually doing what I said I always wanted to do. So that is kind of an interesting question <laughs> to think about because I've never thought about doing anything else. Yeah. But if I had unlimited time and resources and I was not in math and math education, I would probably spend my time running and maybe being a coach in some kind of way. Okay. So I really enjoy sports and um, running and swimming and cycling and so I mm-hmm. do a lot of that in my free time and I think I would do that in my free time if I was not teaching math. Right. Now that makes me think it's like distance running. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. So I, I ran cross country in high school and the coach was great and it was like a, a wonderful community and I feel like that's very often the case with cross country. It's a great community and even the opposing teams actually are like friends. It's it's like this friendly sport where everybody pushes each other but in a friendly supportive way instead of like in a competitive I'm going to beat you way. <laughs> yes, I wasn't a cross country runner but I swam all throughout high school and college and so I and then after I was done swimming, I did some triathlons and now I run mainly, but so I just enjoy all of those things together. Oh yeah, great. Well, Lori, thanks so much again for taking the time to speak with us about your work. Well, you're welcome. I enjoyed talking to you.